So it's it's good to be back uh, for this quick weekend. Um, and it's exciting to just what the Lord's doing in our lives um, as we've moved to Kamloops uh, about two and a half months ago. Um, oh, it's even up there. Uh, we're settled in our home. Um, I got an awesome job that I didn't expect. I had in my mind, I had planned uh, maybe in the flesh that I was going to go work at a Ford dealership because apparently I should be able to get a job at a Ford dealership. But that completely fell through. But you know what? The Lord always has something better for us. And uh, as one job fell through, the Lord provided uh, with a far better one. Um, so it's totally awesome. So, so God's good. He's been taking care of our family. Um, Morgan's enrolled in the Christian school and starting grade two. And uh, so we're just getting settled in and we're quite en- enjoying it. Uh, Phil and Barb um, from Calvary Chapel Sunshine Coast, uh, they're moved in and they're settled. They're about a 10 minute drive from where we live. Um, so right now, we are kind of getting settled in our community. We are looking to get the actual ministry of the church going soon. Um, we've kind of changed our name from what we originally were. We had, what were we? Calvary Fellowship of Kamloops or something like that, but we didn't really like that. So we've uh, we've changed our name to North Shore Calvary Fellowship, kind of the same. Um, I've got a website set up finally. Hey, Calvin, I think I have some pictures there. Oh, there we go. There's a screenshot of... Uh, of our website, it's uh, www.northshorecalvary.com. Um, so we're just getting some stuff going. Um, so if you're curious about wh- what we're doing, um, where we're meeting and stuff, uh, take a look at that. There's also a Facebook page. I don't think I have a picture of that. Uh, here, I'll just give you an idea. Uh, we're called North Shore Calvary Chapel, or not Calvary Chapel, Calvary Fellowship, uh, because some someone commented and said, oh, you guys went church planting in North Van, Vancouver. No, we didn't. Um, this peninsula here uh, is considered the North Shore of Kamloops, uh, so that's where we're going to be church planting. The little red dot there, we've secured a great little lo- location. It's kind of ironic. This space that we're standing in this morning used to be the bar, and uh, we've secured a location that used to be the biker bar in town. And... Uh, Darcy even figures he has some experience there in the past. <laughs> Should ask him about that. Uh, so it's really great. The Lord's provide a great little space. Um, before we left, Phil and I both uh, talking and praying about it, we really felt that uh, if you know North Shore Kamloops at all, that Trunk Hill area was kind of the place where we wanted to plant the church. And it's kind of on the verge of the, the bad part of town where it's starting to get a little bit better. And the Lord has got us just this awesome little place uh, from the, that we're renting from the, or we'll be renting from the Kamloops Players Guild. Uh, next picture. Ah, there it is. There's a little stage house theater. So, uh, yeah, the Lord's just been really providing. Um, as we look forward into ministry, uh, one of the most important things we need, apparently, is food from you guys, because everyone else needs food. Um, so care packages, brownies, right, Blake? <laughs> Cookies. Uh, no, but what in all seriousness, um, our desire as we go out and church plant is obviously to, to know Christ better and to make him known. We all say that in our churches, right? But we want to be practical in that. We want to uh, teach the scriptures. We want to disciple people. We want to be active in our community, uh, in Kamloops. We want to get outside of the four walls of our church and bring ministry to the people. We want to uh, bring see the lost come back to Come, come to the Lord. I have a heart for those who were raised in the church uh, and maybe have s- turned away. And, and so I really have a heart for those who are maybe disenfranchised with church or hurting. And um, so what we really, really need is prayer as we step out. Um, 
it's really exciting and it's really scary to be at the spot we're at right now. And um, we can see God's hand as he's opened doors up till this point. And we look forward with anticipation to what he's going to do in the next year or two. And um, so we just appreciate your prayers. And, uh, you know, as we come closer, we're going to kind of uh, do a soft start uh, here in the next uh, month or so. Uh, we're going to just kind of start with our families. And we kind of want to figure out how to turn the lights on and make the coffee and figure out, you know, how the room works and, and what's worship going to look like. Is it going to, you know... Uh, are we going to have to play YouTube videos or am I going to make it with my uh, hacky guitar playing? And we just want to get some of these things kind of figured out uh, and then have a more formal launch once we're a little bit in and kind of have the lights figured out. Um, so that's where we're at right now. Uh, Phil and Barb and Julie and myself, we've been meeting weekly, uh, getting together and sharing meals and praying and dreaming and, and just, uh, yeah, seeing what the Lord has for us. So. Anyhow, so that's kind of what's going on in Kamloops right now. Um, it's good. God's been good. So, all that to say, uh, now it's time for our 45 to 55 minute 10-point uh, message uh, so that we can all be out of here for 2 o'clock in the afternoon. But uh, I do have... Um, a few thoughts I'd like to share with us from God's word this morning. Um, I really feel that um, last week the Lord just put something on my heart. Um, it's really, f I think, um, practical for our family as we're in this spot stepping out in ministry. And I think it's really uh, timely and practical as it's a change of seasons in the church calendar here. So let's just uh, bow before uh, we take a look at the word for a few minutes. Uh, Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you for your love for us. We thank you you never leave us. You never forsake us. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, and his sacrifice on the cross. Lord, we thank you that you provide uh, for us our, our daily needs, that you provide for the church its needs, everything we need for life and godliness. So, And Father, as we take a few minutes this morning and take a look at your word, we just pray that you would reveal uh, what you have for us this morning. Um, that you'd strengthen and encourage us in your walk, in our walk. Um, so, Father, I just pray that you pour your spirit out upon uh, the words that I have to say and upon our ears as we listen this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So, you know, it, it is fall. Uh, contrary to what the weather's doing out there this morning, it is fall. As we came over the Coquihalla last night, the, the leaves are starting to turn. The weather's changing. Uh, for all of us, we're getting back into the routine of life now. Um, we have, like, a bedtime in our house again, and we have, like, a morning structure, get out of the door in time and making lunches. And probably many of us, uh, especially when we have school-aged children, we're getting back into the swing of fall. Uh, our extracurricular activities are ramping up, school uh, stuff around the church. So it's, it's a turn of seasons, a time of new and renewed ministries. It, it's interesting and exciting to hear how many things are happening in this church here. You know, we highlighted, what, ten things this morning. And we missed a whole bunch yet. And God's doing a work in this place. And God's doing work on the coast. And it's exciting to see, you know, um, a time of, of renewal. A time of fresh ministries. I, I'm excited to hear We College starting up. I'm excited to see young adults cranking up. I'm excited to see tweeners. Now, all this stuff. 
And I think of the other ministries that aren't highlighted. You know, there's the worship ministry. There's teaching. There's practical things that go on, greeting and coffee and hospitality, sound and media. It just goes on and on. But I don't know about you guys. As we are in a new season of ministry or a renewed season of ministry, every once in a while I have some fears and apprehensions about starting something new, starting something or renewing something even. Sometimes it's easier just to kind of sit back and sit on the couch with a bag of potato chips rather than get out the door. And for Julie and I, where we are as we're stepping out in ministry, some days I am scared. Really scared some days. If I think about it too much, it gets overwhelming. You say, what are we doing? How do we do this? How do we start? I think it's okay to have some fear sometimes. God gives us excitement, and sometimes we have fears. And I think it's important that we cling to the promises of God with our fears and our apprehensions and with our excitement. As I was thinking about this, uh, Joshua chapter 1 came to mind. And, you know, the, we go, what do we know about Joshua? Joshua, we, sometimes we forget Joshua actually would have been a slave in Egypt. He would have understand what it would have been like to been under the taskmaster of Egypt. He saw how God, we, the, the, the plagues, he saw the crossing of the Red Sea, he saw the giving of the law, he saw the manna, he saw the quail, he saw these provisions for God's people as they came through the desert under the leadership of Moses. He saw all this stuff. The first time we really see him on the pages of Scripture is in Exodus chapter 17, and there's a battle with the, Malach, with the Malachites. And, um, <laughs> sorry, that totally distracted me. Um, there's a battle with the Malachites, and, and Moses says, says to Joshua, choose for us some men to go out and fight with the Malach. And tomorrow I'll stand on the top of the hill. And we know the story well, right? Uh, when Moses was able to hold his hands up, they won. And when he got tired and his arms came down, the battle turned. And I, I'm, I find it very interesting, um, this character Joshua. He was a practical guy. He was a doer. I kind of like that. I'm a mechanic by trade. I'm a bull in a china shop sometimes. Give me the sledgehammer and let's get that out of there. Let's get it taken care of. Go in and do. So Joshua was faithful in the service called to him. And, you know, and the time of adversity, as he's standing there, and he's in battle. Things are going well initially. And then Moses gets tired. And Aaron and her, they come and help. And there's a whole other lesson in that. But in the face of adversity, he kept on prevailing. I love that about Joshua. He was faithful to God. He was faith faithful to the task given to him. And he was faithful in adversity. The second time we see him in Exodus chapter 24, he's now described as Moses' assistant. He was right there beside Moses and saw all that was going on. But we probably know him better for as they came to the crossing the Jordan River, when they came to scout out the land of Canaan. <coughs> he was one of the 12 spies that was chosen, right? Moses went and, and selected one from each tribe, and they went into the promised land, and they scouted out, and they came back and said, you know what, yes, this is a land of milk and honey, but what did, they, what did 10 of the 12 spies say? They said, the people are big, they got fortified cities, they're, got it all, they're, they're too big for us, they're too much. We can't do it. And they brought fear, a spirit of fear upon the people of God. Except for two, Joshua and Caleb. 
What did they say in Numbers chapter 14? They said, the land which we pass through to spy out is, ex- is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into the land and give it to us, a land that flows in milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land, for they are as bread to us. Their protection is removed from them, and the Lord is with us. They said, you know what? God's with us. They looked in the past, and they saw how God provided. They saw, they looked back, and they said, you know what? God brought us through. When Egypt's army was, was going to take us out, he opened the sea, and we got through, and he closed the sea upon them. When we couldn't get out of Israel, or out of Egypt, rather, we brought the plagues. They saw God's faithfulness, and they clung to the promises of God. The pe- even when the people of Israel were so cranked up, you know that in, in, in that account in Numbers 14, the people of Israel were ready to stone Joshua and Caleb. But it says in Numbers that the presence of the Lord descended on the tent of the meeting, and they were unable to. They wanted to stone them because they said, follow and trust God in this tough time. Men of faith. Finally, we see ourselves, we jump to Joshua chapter 1, and it's a fairly familiar passage. And, you know, really, we're at a point of new season, a new life in the life and times of the nation of Israel, a new season in the life and times of Joshua and Caleb. Joshua has now gone from being the assistant. He's learned to be second. He's learned to be an under-shepherd. He's learned to, to follow instruction. And now he's the man. He becomes the leader. The people of Israel, we know what happened because of their hearts being hardened towards the goodness of the land and and not following God's command to go in. That entire generation has now passed away. They've wandered through the desert 40 years. We just got Caleb and Joshua left. They're finally going to the promised land. You know, (coughs) the promised land has been described as a land of milk and honey. Joshua and Caleb talked about it as a land of milk and honey when they gave the good report. You know, I think of milk and honey, and it's really interesting. Milk is a very basic sustaining thing, is it not? When our children are young, they, they need their mother's milk. We need milk for strength in our bones and, and the nutrients the Lord provides. It, in my mind, it's an image of provision that the Lord gives us. The basic necessities we need for life. Scripture teaches that he gives us all things we need for life and godliness. But what I love is that the promised land where God wants to move us to, he wants to cross the Jordan, have us cross the Jordan, is not just a land of milk. It's a land of honey. I have a sweet tooth. I like yummy things. I like things with sugar in them. They they taste yummy. It's sweetness. (laughs) It brings, it brings a joy to our palate. It brings some flavors alive. God wants to bring milk and honey in our lives. He wants to sustain us, and he wants to give us the sweet stuff. Now, Joshua is in a tough spot. Yeah, the people have changed. Now he is the new leader of the nation, under God, obviously. And this is what it says in Joshua chapter 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, 
Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise and go over the Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving them to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot has tread upon, I have given to you just as I have promised to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great sea, the river Euphrates, and all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea, toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you in all the days of your life. Then he says, God says, just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. In verse 6, be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Verse 7, only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn to it from the right or the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything according to all that is written in it. For then you will <clears throat> make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Last half of verse 9. Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And then it goes on and says in verses 11 to 18 how Joshua commanded the people and the people started to move, to pack up, to go and cross the Jordan and how they acknowledged Joshua as their leader. And the last phrase of Joshua chapter 1, the last half of verse 18 says, only be strong and courageous. You know, it's interesting when we look at a passage, when something is repeated, we know it's important. We see it more than once. Four times the Lord says to Joshua, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. You know, for Julie and I, we're at the spot of new ministry, new ministry opportunities, and we have some fears and apprehensions. For, for, for our family, the exhortation is be strong and courageous in what the Lord has given you. I don't know where you're at this morning. Maybe you're thinking, Oh, man, I, I don't know if I can go to a home group. I don't know if I can go to a prayer meeting. I don't know. I have fears about going into a meeting of people I don't really know. The Lord says, be strong and courageous. The Lord wants to bring you into a place of not just milk, but milk and honey. Maybe you've never hosted something. Maybe you haven't sent cookies to Kamloops yet. The promise of God is that as we follow him, as we set our eyes on him, that he will never leave us nor forsake us. We're to be strong in him. Keep our eyes focused on our Savior, Lord Jesus Christ. Not swerve to the left, not swerve to the right. That's why it's important that we as a church family, as church, that we, we do life together, that we do ministry together. And you say, you know, it's not just about us meeting together. It's that we may be equipped, that we may grow so that we can proclaim the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, the community around us. And we're not to do that on our own. In Hebrews chapter 10, we, verses we know well, starting at 23, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised God is faithful. Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. We're to be encouraged by one another. We're to be encouragers. We're to spur one another on to serve our Lord. 
to spur one another on into the place of milk and honey that God has for us. We're to keep our eyes on Jesus Christ. This, this church has a great, great, um, uh, history is the wrong word, um, legacy, I guess, of teaching God's word of not departing from the word of God. Our word of God, the written word, points us to the living word, Jesus Christ. And as I love how Joshua 1, 8, in this thing, do not fear. Be strong and courageous, he says. Don't turn to the left or right. Don't let the book of the law, the word of God, depart from your lips. Meditate on it daily and nightly so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. As we gather together, as we come together, as we do life, as we do ministry in the church and outside of the four walls of this church, it's exciting doing life together. We want to see stuff happen like it did in Acts chapter 2, and we want as a God's people to be like this, that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. The word of God was foremost of importance. And fellowship hanging out, doing life together, serving in ministry together. And to the breaking of bread. There's the Lord's table. There's also just eating meals together. It's fun, it's good, it's healthy to eat together. It builds friendships. And to prayer, as Matt was talking about, the importance for our need, the need for us to come to the place of prayer, corporately and individually. It says in, in Acts 2.42, And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles, and all who believed together had all things in common. When God's people come together, and we come around the word, and we come around prayer, and we break bread, you know what? God shows up. God does a work. He changes our hearts. He wants to take the fear and apprehensions away and bring us into the place of milk and honey. I don't know what you're facing this morning. I don't know if it's a fear of ministry. I don't know if it's a fear of change. I don't know if it's a fear of what the next chapter in your life looks like. Some of us, it's ministry stuff. Some of us, it's health stuff. Some of us, it's family. This message, be strong, do not fear, I will never leave you nor forsake you, is wider than just ministry. But it's so important. Let's look back at how God has been faithful in our lives. Let's be like Joshua and Caleb and say, God parted the sea. He took care of the Egyptian army. He's been good. He brought us manna. He brought us quail. Our sandals didn't wear out. Our clothes didn't get tired. Do not fear. He's with us. He promises in his word in Joshua and in other places that I will never leave you nor forsake you. He's got us under control. So let's be strong and courageous. Keeping our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ who gives us the strength through the empowerment of his spirit. Amen? Amen.